0: Friday, July 15th, marked a week since Shinzo Abe was fatally shot in the city of Nara. During these past few days, the nation was still grappling with the death of a statesman. This is the week of July 17th, and welcome to The Week with Japan Forward. I am Ariel Buzetto. With this podcast, we bring to busy people this week's news from Japan in less than 10 minutes. On July 11th, there was a wake at Zoujoji Temple in Minato Ward for Shinzo Abe. Over 2,500 people, including foreign dignitaries and celebrities, visited the temple to show their respects. Sankei reporter Mizuki Okada wrote about how many foreign representatives, such as former Malaysian Prime Minister Mahathir Mohamed and US Secretary of State Antony Blinken, visited Japan for the occasion. The following day, on July 12th, was the day of the funeral. Thousands of people gathered on the streets of Tokyo to see the hearse with Shinzo Abe drive around the city. Security was tight. And as I talk with people at Suzoji Temple, choppers flew ahead. Mm. Mm. This is the voice of Junichi Kariya, who spoke to me at Suzoji Temple. He told me how he really respected Abe and seemed skeptical of the government leadership going forward. In the meantime, investigations into Shinzo Abe's suspected murder continued this week. Tetsuya Yamagami told repeatedly the police that he had a grudge against what is commonly known as the Unification Church. He said that his mother donated a lot of money to the organization, which bankrupted the family. On July 11th, the head of the Unification Church in Japan, Tomohiro Tanaka, held a press conference confirming that Yamagami's mother was in fact a churchgoer. If you want to know more, read Showing Up for a Hurting Friend, Dignitary Sent Condolences, Mourn Shinzo Abe with Japan. Also, read Thousand Flood, Zojoji Temple, and the streets of Tokyo to say farewell to Shinzo Abe, and Unification Church leader confirms Tetsuya Yamagami's mother is church member on the Japan Forward website. The upper house elections just took place on July 10th, and following the victory of the Liberal Democratic Party, Prime Minister Fumio Kishida on July 14th gave some indication of what his administration will be doing going forward. Kishida has a complicated agenda in front of him. He needs to tackle rising prices of living, the energy crunch, and of course, the continuing COVID-19 pandemic. In fact, on July 16th, Japan hit an all-time record, with more than 110,000 people resulting positive for COVID-19. Kishida gave hints of what will be some of the issues discussed going forward, including fleshing out the defense budget proposal by the end of the year. If you want to know more, read Prime Minister Kishida maps out agenda following election victory, death of Shinzo Abe, and COVID-19 strikes again, followed by post-moment o events on the Japan Forward website. A major piece of international news was in the headlines this week. The Sri Lanka government has declared the country bankrupt. And as the country was approaching financial disaster, thousands poured onto the streets in the face of a humanitarian crisis. Dr. Monica Chansoria covered the topic for us on Japan Forward. In her article, we found out that this was a crisis in the making as Sri Lanka suffered greatly during COVID-19. While giving a background to the unfolding events, Dr. Chansoria also explains that this could be the start of a worrying trend in other countries. She writes, quote, there is a fear as well that Columbus default and ultimate collapse could well be the start of a wider financial crisis regionally in South Asia, and perhaps more broadly across the developing world. The effect of this financial emergency could cascade in political and security crisis across regions of debt-ridden countries, many of which suffer from coercive debt, with China most often appearing as common predatory creditor. If you want to know more, read the article, Sri Lanka is declared bankrupt as humanitarian crisis looms and from Sri Lanka to South Africa, China's predatory practices damage developing countries on the Japan Forward website. When Japan was getting ready to start the COVID-19 vaccine rollout, there was a lot of discussion on vaccine development and attitudes towards getting vaccinated. Yet, The rollout has brought to the fore that Japan's domestic research is still catching up with that of other countries. A Sanke Shimbun series looks into how Japan used to be a powerhouse in vaccine development, for example, when it came to chickenpox or Japanese encephalitis. But since the 1960s, reports of some vaccine adverse effects began to spread, and so too did mistrust towards vaccines. The Sanke article on July 15th reads... Quote, there is an urgent need to create an environment where people can smoothly develop their own vaccines. If you want to know more, read the article, Reviving the Pharmaceutical Industry, Vaccine Mistrust and Negativity, on our website. Find related links to the series at the end of the article. Unlike other regions in the world, summer for the past few years has often been accompanied by spikes in COVID-19 curve of infections. This has meant that the summer festival celebrations have largely disappeared from the social calendar. This year, however, Gyo Matsuri in Kyoto is back in full swing. It is arguably the most famous festival in Japan. He's been living in Kyoto for over three decades. For the occasion, he wrote an article series with some interesting facts about the thousand-year-old festival. Carol explains how the festival is rooted in appreciating the, quote, impermanence of life and a dramatic expression of the universal yearning for good health. He also walks us through the festival's religious origins, its history, its resilience through epidemics, and more. If you want to know more, read the article The Giyom Matsuri, A Thousand and a Hundred Years of Tradition and Change on our website. Find other articles of the five-part series over the coming days on Japan Forward. Last up, sumo is not often a controversial affair. After all, the traditional Japanese sport is pretty straightforward. Two wrestlers fight in a dohyo, and the first to floor or push out of the rink the opponent wins. But on Sunday, in the last part of the day, spectators witnessed a curious scene. In the match between Yokozuna Terunofuji and Maegashira No. 4 Wakamoto Haru, the referee took an unusual decision to request the stop of the match. This decision resulted in a partial do-over, which was even jeered by the fans. What exactly happened? If you want to find out more, read the article Sumo, Terunofuji Moves into Share of the Lead with Controversial Win and Nagoya Basho. Find more articles and columns by Jim by searching Jim Armstrong on the Japan Forward and on the specialized site Sports Look. In other sport-related news, this week we interviewed in our weekly Twitter space Kei Hirata. She's a successful Japanese cheerleader in the US and gave us some interesting insights into her career and her lifestyle. While I was stay in san diego i was trying to go to la uh just to see uh, nba games i'm traveling by myself and mm-hmm. i met this group of thunder fans on the train bought me like train tickets and they you know really like they shared their experience with the thunder they're really passionate about the team and they're really genuine nice like those you know moments like memories with the thunder fans that that made me try out for the thunder girls she also gave us some tips for people who seek to pursue her same career find the whole episode soon on our podcast real voices real issues real japan thank you guys for listening you can get in touch on twitter with (laughs) me at Ariel Buzetto. that's all for this week catch you next time